0: DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all.
1: I'm going to charge you in a minute because if I see you in the next Denzel Washington movie, I'll be like, see, he took all them notes.
0: (laughs) She wanted to charge because she gave me a masterclass in acting
1: you believe that
0: a masterclass from one of the great actors of today a woman of intensity and imagination who burns through the screen on tv and in the movies well she didn't charge me so i'm not charging you today a free masterclass in acting from the unforgettable taraji p henson on toray show Torrey Show is all about giving you fuel to help you use your dreams like a rocket ship to zoom off to another life. It's all about talking to amazing people about their core talent and exploring the reasons why they're successful. Taraji P. Henson is the star of Empire and Hidden Figures and the new Tyler Perry movie Acrimony, where she burns with rage as a long-suffering wife who gets the short end of her marriage as her seemingly no-good husband screws up again and again until he doesn't. It's one of Tyler Perry's best movies yet. It's anchored by a searing performance from Taraji as she descends through anger into fury and madness. It's also a film that was shot in eight days, which is crazy. Tyler, slow down! But because Taraji is a really unique, powerful actor, I want to hear her talk about acting and how to approach character and how to use your instrument. Taraji always gives us memorable performances, and you believe her to the core, and you know she's a thoughtful, imaginative artist. I wanted to know how she does it. We met in a room up on the 12th floor of the Ritz-Carlton overlooking Central Park, in a gilded room befitting a true diva. She arrived full of energy and charisma and sunlight. What do you love about acting?
1: Oh my God. I guess for me, what I love is all the different characters and lives I get to look into and the characters I get to portray. Um, And it's, you know, it's really, it's hard because sometimes you get material where, You want to judge so bad. But if I judge the character, then I'm not being true to the craft of acting. You know, you can't judge it. these characters. That's why that your job is to bring them to life. No judgment. You leave that up to the audience. You know, you have to do your job. You can't judge the characters. You have to embrace them, if anything.
0: You have to understand them. You have to
1: understand them. You have to embrace them. Um, You have to love them. Um, You have to, but understand the parts you don't like. Uh, Maybe it'll tap into some of your ugliness. You know, (laughs) if you use the art properly, it can help you.
0: And is that sometimes harder than others to understand and empathize with the character?
1: Yeah, I find that um, a lot of actors like, oh, I couldn't do that. I ain't kissing no man or "Oh, I would never kiss a girl. You know what I mean? But my thing is, like, if you're an artist, like a trumpet doesn't go. Don't put the man lips on me. You know, a trumpet doesn't say I don't want women to play me at all. It's a trumpet. It's an instrument. Its job is to play the notes. That's how I look at myself as an actor. This is my instrument. It just happens to be my body. But I am that instrument, and when you give me a script, those are the notes. Though these are the notes of the act of this of this character, of this song that I have to sing or play, you know. And so, I can't judge it. <laughs> I just have to do it. I have to do the research to find out why this person is this this way. Why would I want to judge this person? Oh, I see why people would judge it. But so now I have to bring some humanity because I don't want to play a character that people hate. You know, even the most ugly character I portray, I want people to empathize at least to see a human. I mean, in
0: Acrimony, the character Melinda is difficult, right? Because she's marked by like... She's this torrent of anger, right? Mm-hmm. When she gets angry, anything. Watch right, out! You said you say I could be the motherfucking devil. Yeah, right. And <laughs> and by that point, you already know Melinda can be that. Yeah. So is that part of it? Of like, see her on the page and be like, I have to love her. I have to find mm-hmm. the way to you know just feel with her to 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 sort of a- agree with her.
1: Yeah, I don't even have to agree with her. Okay. You know. I just have to understand where that anger and that rage is coming from. And once I understand that, then I I can play it honestly, you know, Um, to 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 understand is to know. You got to know it. You got to got to understand it to know it. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean, it was some dark stuff I had to do. I mean, we've all been on. I think we've all we all have a capacity of snapping. Humans can do that. We battle those notions every day, you know. Road rage. How many times did you have an urge to jump out of the car and slap the shit out of somebody because they slammed on brakes in front of you for no reason? You know, but then there are those of us who can ration with ourselves and say, you know, I don't like jail. So (laughs) I'm going to sit my ass in this car and (laughs) let that roll off my (laughs) shoulders, you know. And then there are those who don't have that where they just snap, you know. That's why we have shows called Snapped, right, right, <laughs> you right. know. So, you know, for me, I definitely have been in a, in a relationship where I felt wronged or someone hurt me to the core. And what's the saying? Hurt people, hurt people. Because right. the first thing your knee jerk reaction is, I'm gonna get you back, you know. So I can't. I mean, I've had, you know, the urge to throw a brick through a guy's window but then he could turn around and press charges and i don't want to go to jail because i'm not jail material i'm not trying to be nobody's bitch i like cable tv air conditioning i like to eat when i want to go to sleep with i like space i like freedom (laughs) and i don't like no problems with lawyers you know
0: so take me to your process right like yeah you get the script from tyler and Mm -hmm. what is the first thing you do
1: um I get the script from Tyler and the first thing I do is I read it and I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then I call him back and I'm like, this is incredible. And I said, "Okay, so we can do this on my hiatus, you know, because I'm off in April. He said, no, no, we got to do this now. I said, now, how do we do that? I'm working on Empire. I don't I can't get off to do an entire film. Are you crazy? He said, no, this is what we're going to do. We're going to film it in 10 days. It ended up just being eight.
0: You you shot Acrimony in eight days? Eight
1: days. days. And the original plan was for me to play Melinda throughout from beginning to end. And there was no way, even with eight days, he wrote, see, that's why he says, when he said he wrote it for me, he wrote it for me because, you know, the character, he wanted me to portray the character, but he wrote it with that in mind. I have to do this film in the least amount of time if I'm going to get her now. And he made it happen as only Tyler Perry could. So
0: you had eight shoot days.
1: I had five. The (laughs) film had eight. (laughs) Oh,
0: my God. Oh, my God. Okay, you know, I think this is one of Tyler's better films. Right. And I only ask you this because I have asked him himself. Right. Mm -hmm. To his face Mm -hmm. on the phone. But to his face. Do you think that he goes too fast? Does he shoot too quickly? I mean, isn't eight days quite short for a movie when he could have waited to where you're like, okay, now I have 30 days and let's do it a little more slowly.
1: I don't think I could have played Melinda any better. I mean, here's the deal with with Tyler and myself. We're Virgos. So I know personally as a Virgo, I do my best work under pressure. That's just how I operate. I don't know what that is but that's my history you know um that's why I don't like to go over what I have to do the next day like once I get the script especially like even with Cookie um when I get when I I know her now so I don't have to go over my scenes the night before I literally go on the set she lives in me you know I go on set the day of right before the scene and I go what are we doing today (laughs) And I look at the scene and I go, "Oh, we're here, okay." Because I already read the script. I know where we are. I know where we are in her life. So, I, I, I don't want to steal the spontaneity of the scenes. The, the, um, uh, the, the um, organic. You know, I need it to be organic it's as I'm saying it. Yes, because if you rehearse... This is how... I. Now, I don't judge how... People have their different sure. ways of working. But this is just how I work. Because actors have a peak now. You know, so you got to the- rehearse it. You got to put the marks down. You got to block it for cameras. Then you come in, you got to do different sizes and this and that and third. And the actor needs to be concerned about this shot. When that camera comes shot. in, yeah. you don't want to peak before that. See, I'm a vet now. I've been doing it for a while. So yeah. I always know about sizes. And for me... I can get there fast, you know? So I need a fast director. You can't, because you'll blow, you'll blow my high. You know, by that point, I've peaked. By the time the camera gets here, I'm like, I'm sick of saying the words. You know, so the type of actor I am, I worked well with Tyler. With I'm Pete. He created a monster. I'm on every set. Like, you got that. Come on. <laughs> All you need is this shot and establish where you are. Come on, move along. like.
0: So, so on Empire, <laughs> we talking about like one, I mean, well, To get to that peak Mm -hmm. you talk about like one or two takes and i'm there
1: i literally can get it i'm i'm just been doing it for so long i know my instrument this is my trumpet and i've carried this everywhere i go so it's nothing you can tell me about my instrument i know i can turn it on i can turn it off i'm not bragging i just know how to play my instrument
0: yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah. take me back to how So, y-
1: start. So, so, side note: Studios. I will save you lots and lots of money and lots of. Well, we don't have film anymore. I guess computer chips. <laughs> Time. Time is money. <laughs> but I mean, like,
0: if you're an artist, mm-hmm. go faster. Like, take my first take or my second take. If you like-
1: run, if you're a football, you chasing the ball, you catch them. You want the fastest run, right? It's the same. I mean, and everybody doesn't work like that. I get it. But that's just how I work. Like, I can really get, get to it. you know, Once I get that character under, in my belt, I don't need a, a thousand takes. But on
0: Empire, you improvise a lot. Yeah. Like, a lot.
1: You know why a lot? Because I don't go over the, you know, it's not, I don't etch those lines in stone. So whatever I feel, sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. It just depends on what my scene partner is giving. Cookie's never going to lose a battle. <laughs> Someone said that to me the other day. They was like, you just not going to get, you going Cookie going to always have the last word. I said, damn, like right, that's my empire. <laughs> Nobody going to come up in here and get the last word. Are you crazy?
0: How is it different that <laughs> first season when you were learning Cookie mm-hmm. to when you said, okay, now she lives in me and I know her better than Lee Daniels does?
1: I think, I didn't say that. You said no, that. No, you didn't say that. But. <laughs> um. I just think um it was more exciting in the beginning because she was so brand new. Now, I think the writers are really challenged with how do they keep us challenged. Mm. You know what I mean? Because we do know. Now we know these characters. It's been four seasons now going off season five. You know, so that they, the challenge now is how do they challenge us? You know, in the writing, because we've covered so much material, we've covered a lot in a lot of their lives, you know. And I think for me, this season, what was really what really tickled me was going back in uh, when. You know, back in time to when Cookie was in prison, mm. you know, um, meeting her mother, mm. you know, and, you know, Miss Alfre Wooder plays my mother. Yes,
0: yes. So those
1: scenes are really, really powerful. Um,
0: all your scenes are oh. really powerful. <laughs> and I don't just say that. I mean, you, you, you explode off the screen and you chew the scenery and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and part of what you bring to it. It's a great physicality. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Cookie will, you know, smack somebody Mm -hmm. or just make a face that is like, oh, I know exactly what she's talking (laughs) about. And I'm laughing, but I'm scared at the same time. And I mean, like, how do do you do you practice those things or is it just like this is my instrument?
1: It's definitely my instrument, but I you know, I'm theatrically trained. So when you come from theater, you have to use physicalities because you don't have the luxury of a camera getting in. Yes. So if you're in a big house and that person all the way in the back row, they pay their money too. So they need to feel what you're saying. So you have to fill the space. So I'm very physical because I come from theater. I'm not afraid to use my body. Um and then just training. I mean we had a class where we had to um, take on the formation of a of a, the animal. What do you think? What animal do you see your character as? And you know, if it's a snake, well, let's see you be a snake. You know what I mean? To get you to make you uninhibited. So you know, it's years a training and a lot of hard work. You know, I don't. You know, people think you know now because personalities and um, and um, people with great personalities and people you know musicians and and rappers and um you know singing artists they they are they get acting roles so easy you know what i mean because of yeah. their fame you yeah. know i mean a lot of times it doesn't translate to yeah. real moviegoers Yo- you know what i mean because it's nice. It's a nice tactic to try to get that and sell the seats and the tickets and have their fans see them in a different light. But, you know, when you're talking about being actors, like people who have done this, you can see the difference. I
0: mean, yeah, you could totally see, the, can difference. Totally see and, the difference. You could totally see the difference. And that's
1: not a disrespect. No, or, no
0: disrespect. Yeah. But, I mean, like sometimes you see folks who are superstars in the real world mm-hmm. and they're just standing there delivering lines next to you on Empire. Mm-hmm. You're not even talking and mm-hmm. you're still like burning burning and emanating larger than them is cuz you're acting and they're mm-hmm. just standing there.
1: Yeah. Because it's a none it's, it's because that's when you miss the beat about act acting being a craft. It's a craft. It's a craft that should be studied. It's not something that you just do. You can't just pick up a trumpet and play it. So have it, you ever tried that shit? Yeah, it's very hard. <laughs> I almost it's blew very hard. my
0: neck out. It's very hard. But so yeah, you can't you make can't. any sound if no, you don't really know how you to have use to it. Who to
1: train? So,
0: t- <laughs> so, teach me. If you were going to teach me a few things about being an actor, about being a great actor, what would you teach me?
1: I would just first of all, I would see what you were working with. I would give you because some, some people have now. There are those who they're just naturally talented. You call it raw, right? And then, but guess what they need? They still gotta be honed and trained. You know, it's still training there because it's, you just can't, you know, they're very rare somebody can is just born to just sit down and be able to play the piano. But then you have somebody who can play the piano because they know notes really well. And then you have classically trained. There's a difference. And you can tell when you put them in a room and close your ears. You can see who's classically trained and who's not. And I don't even play the piano. You know, it's the sure. same thing with acting. So I would have to see what I'm working with first. Do sure. you have a raw talent? Is Can I can it be taught to you? You know, a lot of it can't be taught. A lot of it is just built off your instinct. You know, um, actors who aren't afraid to listen to that instinct inside. A lot of uh, great actors is knowing who you are, you know, Um, because I I have this saying, if you're missing it in life, in your own life, you're missing it on the page. You know, if you are scared to deal with yourself, that man in the mirror, then how can you take on this whole other character with their issues and problems? And if you're because if you're afraid of your own, that mean, you're not vulnerable even with yourself. Mm. So how can you go to these vulnerable places with this character? See, I'm real with me. Yeah. I know what is wrong. I'm cool. And I'm cool with all my t- my t- um ticks and quirks and differences like I'm OK with me. You know I'm okay. So and I know what's what my flaws are, and I'm okay with them. I'm okay with that Uh, because I don't want to be perfect because I don't know what that means.
0: Tell me more about the craft. What else do I need to know?
1: You need to, like I said, know yourself. um, um, The craft of acting. You have to do a lot of reading. I did a lot of reading. Shakespeare. Um, Acting should you should be able to act. it. I saw a beautiful play. I can't think of the name of the play, but it was all deaf actors. Okay. Um. And. Um. Acting. Sometimes you can't even vocalize what you're saying, but I should still be able to feel you.
0: I mean, The Shape of Water. I mean, it's so powerful. We, we can feel go on her and on. Entirely, the whole movie, and she never right, one speaking moment, right? Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And um, what was that other fabulous um. Film. Um, it was a non speaking film. The artist. Come on now. You see what I mean? So there's so many layers to acting. So we have to build those layers up. I know for me, it started with, you know, acting 101. I forgot what we studied in acting 101. Moments before, and where are you coming from, and what is your inner monologue? And <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot.
0: Did that happen at Howard?
1: That all happened at Howard.
0: It seems, it sounds to me from reading about you that you are one of those people who uh, we see the HBCU was Mm -hmm. important for you, that you needed that to get to where you were going. Some Mm -hmm. people don't need that, but for some people it's really, really valuable. Is Mm -hmm. that the way you you look back at it?
1: Um, I just felt like the HBCU um, experience gave me a sense of self. You know, even though I was from the hood, you know, we were still reading books that told us, you know, Columbus discovered America. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, we spent like one week on slavery. You know, we didn't really understand that the meaning of blood is thicker than water. No, we didn't get into all of that, you know? So I didn't really have a sense of self. All I knew was the hood, you know, and that's ignorant, you know? So I. Going to school was very important for me, and and particularly at HBCU, because by this point in my life, my mother had already showed me more than the hood. Even though I was from the hood, I (laughs) would—I love to say this—on the weekdays, I was playing with Shaniqua, Shaquanda, back um Boo Boo, and the Man Man, and them. And then on the weekends, I was with I was with um, Mary Beth and Becky and Jock and Brosh and yeah. (laughs) And their moms, Ann and Mary Sue. And so I was a very well-rounded kid, you know. But the education is when I got to Howard and I learned about all of these incredible um, black people who contributed to the country and to the world. And I mean, I, I just became alive. I mean, I just felt nurtured there. Do you understand? I felt safe. I felt safe to be me. I felt safe to Um, To be militant, you know, because there were things that were pissing me off that once upon a time I was afraid to have a voice and say and speak out, even though I knew it was wrong. You know, Howard gave me a voice as a black woman and you need that voice in Hollywood. And another thing, um, training as an artist at Howard, you know, they didn't give a ah, they didn't care about how pretty you were, how light your skin was, how pretty your hair was. Can you hit this mark, hit these notes, say these lines, and make these 500 people in this room feel it? I don't care what you look like. And you would be replaced on a dime, honey. I don't care if you were in the chorus. Mike Malone, may he rest in peace. He was the head of the musical theater department. He would walk by each singer. And if you were missing a note, sit down. Next. (laughs) So... I, that program developed such a tough skin for me. Not only that, um, my another professor, very important to me, Henry Edmond, who's gone on, may she rest in peace. And we kind of looked alike, which was kind of odd. But anyway, she, um, <laughs> she, I remember going into acting 101. And the first thing she said to us is, get show business out of your mind. It's called business show. Stick with me to this day. And what does that mean? That means that it's more than just show business. It's a business. (laughs) It's a business. And you sit back and wonder, whatever happened to such and such? She was so talented. She was so talented. Talent is not enough.
0: Well, especially for black actors.
1: For any actress. It's not enough. But especially anything you say for one actor, for black, is especially. Just of course. that's a that's a given. That's a fixed.
0: Yeah, that's an it. <laughs> Throughout society, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yes.
1: Yes. But you know, it's business and I always knew that. So I never looked at it as just this, ooh, getting high off of this show because I got a show. No, I'm always thinking ahead. I'm always thinking future. I'm always thinking about an empire I'm trying to build. It's more than acting because, you know, you're not going to be young, sexy, and fine forever, although I am. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Amen. (laughs) But... um. You know what I mean. Yeah. You know, at some point, I'm I'm going to get tired. I'm going to get tired of throwing the lashes on. You know, I'm going to figure out another way to be. You know, it's just after a while, you know. um, It's going to be a long while, honey. I'm thinking maybe a hundred. Um, but, <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying. You yeah. always have to be forward thinking because at any minute, I just don't want to be, I don't like to be at the mercy of someone else.
0: Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Influencer. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot these days. There is a woman who went the distance, who broke ground as the first true
1: influencer by living a remarkable life. Her name, Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Katy Perry. This is the story
0: of the original influencer. This is is Elizabeth the First. Elizabeth the First, the podcast, wherever you listen. Look, we all know as a black person in America, it's really easy to get killed. It could be the police who do you in. It could be a stray bullet from Pookie in them. It could be all those Sunday dinners at Big Mama's with the double fried chicken and the fried mashed potatoes and all that. What if... White people high on meth break into your house trying to steal your stuff to get more meth, find you, get into a fight, and kill you. What are you going to do then? For all those reasons, you need life insurance. If you die, you've got to leave something behind for your family. How do you get life insurance at a good price? policy genius is the easy way to compare and buy life insurance online in just five minutes you can compare quotes from over 15 life insurance providers and get life insurance at the best possible price look if you've been putting off getting life insurance don't put it off any longer today could be the day when white people high on meth break into your house and separate you from your family Don't leave them stranded without you. It's never been easier to buy. Rates are at a 20-year low. PolicyGenius.com is the easiest way to compare and buy the life insurance you need to give your family the peace of mind that they will be okay after you're gone, after Jim and Jim Bob break into your house high on meth and kill you. Take me back to when you were first figuring out cookie Mm -hmm. and what you did to figure out what she was going to be, because it gives you part of it on the page, Mm -hmm. but then part of it, you have to fill in, right? Yeah. Backstory and Mm -hmm. how to embody this. And so talk about how you did that.
1: Okay. So I read the script and, you know, everything wasn't there. Um, certain pieces were there. Like she went to jail. You knew that her and Lucius sold drugs to, um, so their family could eat and to make their dreams come true. Right. And so you, I did know that he was the talent, you know, cookie was like the mastermind behind it all. Um, And so I knew she had three sons and then she gets out of jail and she's trying to fix this relationship with her estranged son. Okay. All of that is in the script. She has a gay son. She has a young son who's just stupid. And then she has, you know, her oldest son who has mental uh, issues. So, This is what the audience know. This is what is in the script. But then now I go in and I go, well, okay, we have to find a reason why she goes to jail and she doesn't tell. Now, why didn't she snitch? Like, okay, I know she loves her man. Got to be deeper than that. You know what I mean? Because then the people are going to think she's stupid because I love my man. I went to jail. They're going to hate her right away. has to be something stronger, the reason why she went to jail. And... We have to make him likable, too. Mm-hmm. So then, I, you know, stuff like that, it's just start you start questioning and thinking and why I just keep asking why until I run out of whys. Mm-hmm. And um, so then I was like, wow, here's a thought, because my whole thing is Cookie could have been hated. I mean, she's quite stereotypical, loud, black woman, sassy. I didn't want that. And so you have to play the why she is the way she is. Right. Okay, this woman had three sons with the love of her life and they lived in the hood. Okay, What's the biggest fear when you have black boys and you coming from nothing? What's the biggest fear? What's the first thing you trying to do? Save them from the streets, save them from the law. Keep them from repeating things that you've done. So, okay, now I know they're selling drugs. How do I have people like her for this? She's selling drugs and she's a mother. OK, it has to be do or die. You can't really and see. I grew up during the crack phase. I grew up in the hood. I remember when the shit was dropped off in the hood. I saw families get destroyed. There was a time where it's hard. And still today, you can't survive. You can't feed your family off a of minimum wage. We know that. That's why I don't ever fault. I get drug dealers. I get it. I honestly get it. I don't condone it at all. Right. But the the urgency in, in Cookie and Lucius's ordeal was they had three boys. They have a dream. How do they get to it? I don't. All I know is I will sacrifice whatever I have to to spare my kids. I do know that as a mother. What they did was horrible. Selling drugs in their community was bad. But look what they did. She sold the drugs, she did the time, 17 years flat. The reason why she chose to go is because if she if the father went to jail, who was gonna raise those boys? She didn't have the voice or the talent. He did. She was just the mastermind. So remember when he went to jail, he his album was about to blow. That was the her way out. That was the her son's way out of the ghetto. They were not going to be statistics statistics they were not gonna sell drugs they were not gonna be in jail or in prison or dead and that was a sacrifice only a mother could make you understand so when you make it that deep now you got the audience now the audience is like cookie cookie (laughs) because who doesn't understand that
0: and you put that kind of depth you go beyond the stereotype
1: if you don't make it do or die you you lose the audience if you're vague with it the audience will miss it but everything she did from that moment on was about her sons
0: Okay, so Melinda in Acrimony, Mm -hmm. you have, again, the risk of stereotypical Mm -hmm. treatment because Mm -hmm. she spends a lot of the film angry, plotting revenge, right? You know, trying to do that thing, uh, get back at her man, right? A lot of women who've been wronged by a man will feel like, wow, this is my girl, and I feel... Mm. you you don't want to fall into that stereotype, as you just said. So, mm-hmm. so how do you build that character to make her likable and not fall into the stereotype?
1: Well, how I made her human is, um, you know, she, I think, I honestly believe they missed something when she was little. Because remember, you saw the film, right? And yeah. And when the sisters started to get it, they were like, you saw the guilt. Because it's almost like, <laughs> I hate to go here but if you know Uncle Ronnie touching the little kids you know and you know you you not, you may not you can't say for sure but you didn't say anything and then it comes out that he actually was touching all the cousins you gon', you feel guilt because you know that there was a point where you knew you could have said something to stop this but you didn't and that that's the sisters I mean that was a bit extreme but the sisters felt that way when they were like oh my god remember how angry she used to get mm-hmm. see they They missed something when she was a kid. And that would have prevented all of this if she would have gotten the help she needed. Mm. (laughs) You know? Mm. If they would have spoke up then, we wouldn't be in this mess, would we? Because they do say it. They do say it. The sisters all go, oh, my God. And the friend, you know how angry you get. Right. You know, if someone's in my life and I see something like that, we we have to see someone, baby.
0: But if you give (laughs) us... The reasons why the reasons she's why. angry, mm-hmm. then we will ride with her and we will empathize, right? What you started with, we you have to get us have to em- empathize. To empathize,
1: to understand, to at least understand, to go, oh, wow.
0: And that lets us go on her journey with her. Mm-hmm. Rather and not than looking, against her, right, not, not judging. Her or, or looking at her, mm-hmm. right, right. And
1: maybe seeing a glimpse of yourself in her, you know?
0: Take me to... Right before a scene,
1: mm-hmm.
0: let's say on Empire, what are you doing? I know you said you, you look at the lines real quick, mm-hmm. but you don't memorize the lines. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of know we're going in this direction. We got to get to the stock opening. But mm-hmm. how we get there right. is however we get there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, so what are you doing before the scene to get ready?
1: I mean, it just depends. A lot of scenes, um, like with Cookie, I have her down. So... <laughs> Most times on the set of Empire I'll be I have this game that I play. I love restaurant, I love cooking and I have these restaurant games I play. Cooking Craze, I think is the one I'm on now. I'll be playing that and they'll be rolling and I'll go, Oh my God, I'm coming I'm coming, stalling, so I can finish serving my customers, and then I put it down. And I go, I swear to God, my sister is right there. She's my assistant. She can vouch for me. I literally can do that. Um, I've been doing it for so long, you know. So
0: there's no prep.
1: It's it's you know, it just depends. Like if it's a if, if it's, it's a if it's a scene that it requires emotion. Um, you know, I may take a beat before and I'll get quiet. I'm telling you, once I get the character, there's nothing to beat over the head anymore. Mm. You know. Um, now it's different. Like if I'm portraying um a character true to life, like Anne Atwater, which uh, enemy Best of Enemies comes out sometime later this year. Okay, and um, you know, this woman was like heavier than me, and. She had an afro, a short afro, and you know, it was a period piece. You know, those are a little more challenging because you have to stay in the moment. I, no, not even. <laughs> I am a clown I like to have fun So I live Live in between takes That's why I do All of my research And homework Before I get to set Because I like A fun upbeat set Like if I stayed In Melinda All the time I'd probably slit my wrist Mm -hmm. That's a dark I'm light I'm sunshine I walk in the room I'm lighting that bitch up You know So I'm a light person So if Especially when I'm dealing With the heaviest Of subject matters It's imperative That I laugh In between takes
0: Mm. When they talk about actors need to listen and react, what does that mean?
1: That means you keep everything afresh. Like I have to do here with you just because it's not scripted, you know, I am I have to listen. So when it is scripted, you know, sometimes um, what I was going to say is that it's not scripted. So it forces us to listen. I can't go on with this interview until you ask me the next question. So that forces me to listen. But what happens is when you have a script, you already know what the next person is going to say. But the the craft, the art comes in when you can say those lines and you can actively listen. And although you know what you're going to say, say it as if you didn't know what you're going to say. And at first you get caught up in that. And you're, How do I sit here and say it like I don't know I'm going to say it? Right. And you get caught up in that. If you just shut the fuck up and listen... <laughs> It'll all make sense. And one day, I was like, my brain was like, how do you do it? And I'm thinking, it's it's sitting and you got to do like, this looks like I'm... And then one day I was like, all of that chatter in your head is noise, shut the fuck up and listen, uh-huh. <laughs> like really do it. <laughs>
0: That's in so much of your art of like one take or two mm-hmm. takes, do it quickly, shut up and listen and just sort of like be, be in a, the moment, be in the moment, be a vessel and just let it flow instinct mm-hmm. and right. And like now, I, I do all the training and now I can't now even
1: just... judge what I see. Here's the deal with the pro- my process. Once I've done my process, once I know this character, once I've done all the research, all the back uh, story, I have this uh, person. So now I know this person. Now I then can't judge what this person is saying to me, you know, because I do this whole thing before while I'm reading the script and doing my research where I get the character and I go talk to me, Melinda. You know, when I get to a place in the script where I don't know what this person is saying, I close the script and I say, talk to me. Because if I'm literally letting this character use me as a vessel, see, some actors will force it. Well, I think this is what she's saying. Mm Mm-mm. I close. If it doesn't come to me easily, I put it away and I say, I'm not going to go past this page of the script until Melinda talks to me. And it might not come there. It might be as I'm driving. That's what the fuck she meant. And I'll pull over and I'll write it down. That's what she meant. Then I'll go back to the script and there's a new eyes, new fresh eyes on it. Because, ah, I've had another ta-da moment. Mm-hmm. And see, I read my scripts a million times. No joke. I'm still reading my scripts while I'm in the filming because you fresh eyes every time you read it. Oh, I didn't realize that character said that. Oh, my God. And page 32. The man passing on the street said the same thing. That's more information about the character.
0: Now, you talk about empathy, right, Mm -hmm. and these sort of things. But the character in Hidden Figures, she's easy to empathize with. She's a Mm -hmm. hero, Mm -hmm. right? She's a role model for Mm -hmm. our girls and our boys and all of that stuff. So what is the challenge there?
1: Um, Still the challenge for Catherine is um, the period the time i'm a i'm a loud girl i'm gonna tell you what's on my mind and i'm not running no 45 damn minutes to no bathroom you ain't got one closer <laughs> and i ain't running in these hills <laughs> why can't i ride a bike you know because i come from a different era you know so i have to sit on that and i'm here girl i'm i'm very animated when i talk so there's a certain poise those women had you yes. know so that's hard for me to do because as soon as they yell cut i was like Woo, child! I was tired. So still too long. I was baby magic as a kid. I had a lot of energy. I still got a lot of it. <laughs> you,
0: you wake up in the morning like this, or you need no? To it takes me a minute. Two. It
1: takes me a minute. You know, it gets about you know ten o'clock. I'm good. Are,
0: are you a coffee morning person? I or? used to
1: be, and then it was killing my, destroying my stomach, and oh. I had issues, and I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs>
0: so, what's the difference between a good actor and a great actor?
1: I think a great actor listens. <laughs> A great actor doesn't judge. A great actor is uninhibited. You have good actors, but you can look at them and say, "Mm, they still feel this kind of way about themselves. They didn't go all the way there. They uh, Maybe a little scared. Maybe something they didn't work out. I don't know. I can't. I can just tell a great from a... We all can. We all can.
0: Who's a great actor?
1: Um great actor i would say the ones i've studied yeah (laughs) betty davis lucille ball diana ross um um what does eating
0: healthy mean to you T H R I V E market.com dot slash tore Thrive slash tore. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free.
1: Wall Street. Um, Tom Hanks. Um, You know, it's the it's the actors that Transcend the characters; they go. You don't see them anymore. I mean, and I'm a big character actress, so I like, I like uh, um actors who can transform, you know, and play characters because I love to play different characters. So that's probably why you're getting that list.
0: No, you know, it's interesting when you talk about. The, the the intensity of Betty Davis mm-hmm. and the physical clownishness of Lucille Ball and
1: I have both of their box everything they've ever done.
0: and 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 the deep black beauty and elegance of Diana. And that seems to me to be to start to add up to you. <laughs>
1: You catching on got it got it now
0: does it not
1: yeah i guess well i mean i guess you can you know like there's a singer you love and you can tell like childish gambino mm. he was big on prince you could tell he was big on sliding the family stone i can tell i can listen to his music and i know exactly i know exactly the people that he looked up to right and it's the same thing with acting like sure I gave you that list. Do you see it in my work? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> you
1: know who clocked it right off? Um, John Singleton's mother. And the, and how she clocked it was, she said, you got Betty Davis eyes. And I, got, I said, she knows. Oh, my God. Like, her son wrote this script, and he knew what was going on in my life at this moment. <laughs> His mother knows I studied Betty Davis. I never told that woman that. I never told her that.
0: I mean, you put a lot into your eyes. Your <laughs> eyes are a big part of how you express the characters. Do you mm-hmm. do you think about that?
1: Um, no, you know. And again, like I said, it's the John, it's the Singleton family because John was the one who said it's all in your eyes. See, I was coming from theater, so I was very physical. I didn't I hadn't even got into the eyes yet because we hadn't, I hadn't got in there yet. I was theater. still killing them on stage with all this big, fussy, yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, the first thing I was told when I got to Hollywood was bring it down a bit. You know, you don't have to be so big. The camera, the camera. But I didn't know the camera yet. So when I auditioned for Baby Boy, um, you know, he put me on tape and everything. And he was like, you know, by this time I had heard bring it down so much that I just started in my auditions, I would barely do anything. And I would just let I would just let the words take me. I would just trust the words and I started doing that. I started booking stuff. And I was like, dang, I ain't do nothing. I, I just ain't got to do nothing then. <laughs> just shoot, sat, there the just sat there and I got the job. Just sat there and I got the job. So it wasn't until, you know, no one, you know, you're doing guest spot here, guest spot. you just coming and going. No one really taking and honing your crap. So John was the one who said, who called it. He said, you don't have to do anything but think it. He said, you have these eyes. He said, just think it. Just think think it and don't do anything and he's the one who got me into that i started practicing i was like just thinking and trusting the words and listening all that training i had started coming back ah you're thinking you're always thinking see a thinking actor can never be cut out of a scene i don't care if you cut their lines. and it actually happened to me in a film a
0: thinking actor cannot be cut out of a scene What do you mean why?
1: Okay. So you have actors that only come alive when they have lines. And then you have actors who, even though they don't have lines, they are still very much involved in the scene. You got to remember the camera is moving. See, if this was a scene, a camera would get you this conversation, but a camera would also get his reactions to what what we're saying, his reactions to what we're saying, right? So if he just goes to sleep, both of them, if they just stop working their camera and just like sit over there like that, when the camera comes over to them and they just only come alive then right. they would be in the scene, maybe two seconds or they might not because they don't add, they're not helping move the story along, but see how you're nodding your head yeah. and you would make it in the scene because you're helping move the story line uh-huh. along because the camera's like, yeah, you're the audience. Somebody's in the audience is feeling like you, you see what and I mean? I'm
0: still in it, even though I'm not talking.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: And that makes there you people, a lot
1: of actors don't think like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, give me something else because you have a super... I'll be
1: ready to charge you in a minute. Because no, if I see it. you in the next Denzel Washington movie, I'll be like, "See, he took all them notes." <laughs> if,
0: if, if I get in the next Denzel movie, you get the whole check. <laughs> are you kidding? Oh my god, that would be the bomb. No, I mean, like you've been in Hollywood for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, when Cookie came around, we already knew you. Yeah, it just took you to another level. But we been knew you. Mm-hmm. So, what are some of the keys to having longevity in in this?
1: Um, I just think you have to have a bigger picture. Like that's all I, uh, longevity, operative, operative word. I don't think a lot of actors think about that. You know, I think they're just in it a lot of time. I can't, I'm not, I don't want to sit like I'm on some pedestal saying, here these actors out here. That's not, (laughs) I'm just saying, I just think no one really thinks longevity. And I actually had a talk with God. Uh, because when things weren't popping right away and I was saying, you know, you go to this thing, this human characteristics that we all have, and we start comparing ourselves, you know, and you know, once I talked myself off that where well, you can't compare yourself, your, your journey is going to be different. I said, yeah, my journey's going to be different. And I know why, because I want longevity. That's why things aren't popping so soon, because God has a plan. I'm here to stay for a very long time. My story is not overnight success. It's the little engine that could, and that did, you know, and once I was clear on that, then I was able to walk into my greatness because it was happening. But then, you know, we get that hurry up and wait syndrome or that hurry up. I can do it better. God, I, I know better than you. I should have got that role. No, you didn't get that role because it wasn't yours. And the roles that I'm sending you your way is setting you up for what you asked me for in longevity. So I was very clear on that. And that's why my career is steadily doing this because I know what I'm doing because it- I was clear on what I want.
0: And Empire has changed your career, right? Empire like,
1: totally changed my
0: career. Like like do you, do you audition anymore? Um no. No. They, no. they 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 send you a script. Do you please be in this? Yes. Basically?
1: Yes. It feels so good. Okay.
0: <laughs> I mean, I know it's amazing. I know it just in my little career, when you move from pitching, pitching, pitching to people pitching you, yes. and it's like, oh, this is this is much nicer.
1: Oh, honey, you could take it. You could, you could, you know, you could breathe a little bit. It's hard. It's a hard grind. Fighting and cheats. Having your people calling every day. Did I get it? Did I get? It? That's. You know, thank God I'm over that. That was <laughs> bad for my nerves. I smoked cigarettes then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no more. No more. <laughs> What's your superpower?
1: Love. Yeah, I think it's love. I just love. I love to love. I do. My daddy named me and my na- my first name is um uh, my middle name actually Penda means love in Swahili. Really? And Taraji means hope. Hope and love. I'm full of hope. Only a hopeful person could move out to L.A. with $700 and they in their pocket and their toddler talk about I got a dream. And a child. <laughs> yes.
0: I mean, in another context, that's crazy. Like, she was an irresponsible parent moving to Hollywood with $700 and a small child who relies on her. But when it works out, it's like, oh, well, she was a visionary. She's brilliant, but uh, that's that was a tough decision.
1: Mm-hmm. Did, oh well, once I make my mind up about something, it just is not tough. And my dad was my biggest champion. May he rest in peace. He was like, "You can do it. You can do it. You're the only one in your own way. You can do it." And he was right.
0: <laughs> was he a big influence on you as an actor?
1: Uh, yeah. Actually, he's where Cookie comes from. People think it's from a woman. It's my how dad. Is my How did you get he, Cookie from? Your My father. dad, um, her no holds barred attitude, like he just, he used to shoot straight from the hip. You either liked him or you loved him. He, You either liked, loved him or you hated him. There was no, because he was. What was his name? Boris Lawrence Henson. What did he do? He was a metal fabricator and he worked for the city. Um, but he, and could, I mean, he could do anything with metal. He was an artist. He always was like, I want to, I want his dream was to be an artist. And he he was like, should I use both Boris Lawrence or just Boris? Or should it be Boris Lawrence? (laughs) Anyway, I miss him. But he was my biggest champion. And like with him, I was fearless. He didn't teach me to fear anything. So, I mean, I don't ever remember being scared moving out to L.A., because all I heard from him is, you're going to make it. Get out there. Just get out there. Get out there. You you can't catch fish on dry land. What you doing here? <laughs> you know, he was like a coach, you know. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm great. And he would say things to me like, you're the greatest actress. Walk like it. Walk like you're the greatest actress alive. You already got that Oscar. He was telling me this when I was like, you're going to win an Oscar. And I was like, what? This is before I even knew I wanted to act. And it was so sad when he died two weeks before I sang on that stage. It was just, that sucked.
0: (laughs) How long ago did he pass?
1: In 06. February, was it 19th or 16th of 09? Oh, oh 06. Yep.
0: Did you take him with you on the stage?
1: Yeah, I had a locket on, on with his ashes That locket helped me prepare for, it's crazy. That locket helped me prepare for um, Benjamin Button. Mm. Because sometimes as an actor, you have to um, use things from your life if you're not feeling it. And I know this is weird, but um, I'd lost that locket and I couldn't find it. And I was freaking out. I was freaking out because I was about to go away to New Orleans for like uh, three or four months. And I wanted I had to have my locket and I was freaking out. And there was a scene in Benjamin Button where I was panicking because I had to hide the baby because, you know, what if they find the baby, you know. And I was sitting there and out of my frustration of looking for my locket. I sat there for a while and I just started rocking and I was like, I'ma find that locket. I'ma find it. It's gonna speak to me. It's gonna. And I got up and I and as this is going on, I'm thinking about Queenie and this baby. So I go over and I open up the jewelry box. I swear to God, I saw the chain do like this. <laughs> it was very thin chain, so it fallen into the bottom. And I heard my dad say, "Look down, there, little nigga," because he called everybody nigga. <laughs> Look down here, little nigga, I'm down here. I swear he was talking to me. And I looked down, and there was a chain, and I pulled it out. But I pulled it out as if it was the baby, that precious. And I put. this is the shit I do at home when no one's looking. My dog at the time, Willie, he would run around looking at me like, what is she doing now? But I, cr- I found a little container for him and I cradled it into the container like it was Benjamin Button, and then I placed him in a safe place. So when I had to go do that scene, I just remembered that. You know, that feeling, that moment, yeah, you know, yeah. sometimes it's um, abstract, it's objects. Sometimes it's a person. Sometimes it's just a feeling. I remember when I got brain freeze that time, you know, how am I to make it seem like it's cold in here? You yeah. know, certain things like that. Are- uh, too. No, I could I, do this all day with you. If you
0: <laughs> no, and I love it. I love it. I mean, you know, I, I go back to your dad. Um, yeah. Only because my dad just passed like two weeks I'm ago. So sorry. Thank you. And so it's just so... So fresh for me and think about others who are in that same club and how you deal with it and go on as mm-hmm. an artist when it doesn't like leave you. It's like Mm-mm. this thing that sort of sits there and you can forget about it and then it comes back and mm-hmm. like, oh, I want to call him because he would love that I did this or, if
1: you I know. I just hear his voice right now, his laugh. He had this laugh, man. If I could just hear his laugh, I'd be okay. You know how you just... One thing, just if I could hear his laugh, I'd be good. Yeah. But then, no, I would want more.
0: <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, What drives you? Because you seem to have a pretty strong battery.
1: I'm just passionate. I'm passionate about those I love. I'm passionate about humanity. Humanity. I just love people. I'm a people person. Eh. <laughs> I mean, you know, this day and age of... um. You know, social media and camera phones It's harder for me to be that way because everything ends up on the internet and things get misconstrued, and so you—it's hard because I'm such a people person, but yet I have to protect myself. You know, so um, yeah, I guess my passion drives me, and I could be passionate about anything. It could be passionate about mental health in the African American community. It could mm-hmm. be passionate about you know, my son. Passionate about a role I'm doing. My passion drives me. I'm a passionate son of a bitch. (laughs) My mom will be like, you ain't no son of no. It's just a saying, mom.
0: (laughs) Taraji is a national treasure. She's an incredible actor, and it means so much to be able to sit and talk with her about her craft. Thanks to Taraji for her time, and thanks to you for listening. You can make your dreams a reality, and I hope this show can help. I'm on Twitter at Torey and on Instagram at Torey Show. And if you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review and talk about it on the socials. Spread the word. Torey Show is written by me, Torey, and produced by Chris Colbert and Matt Ford, with help from Shelby Royston and William Jolly and Chuck Marcus and Cadence 13 Studios. We're beaming to you from Brooklyn, baddest place in the world, and we're back next Wednesday with more knowledge from amazing folks Because the man can't shut us down. Join us next Wednesday when my guest will be Michael K. Williams from The Wire. The week after that, we got the 90s R&B legend Tony Braxton. And the week after that, Hollywood star Vivica A. Fox. That's how we do on Torre Show.